Well, good morning, Lakeside. All right. Before we get into talking about truth relative or absolute, I just want to share a few things that I discovered and just recently. I was at the doctor's office, and, you know, you go to the doctor's office, and the nurse says, okay, we got to weigh you and measure you and all that kind of stuff. So we went ahead and did all that stuff. And then I got in with the doctor, and the doctor said, man, I do not know what you're doing, but whatever you're doing, keep it up. This is great. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I don't know why you're saying that, but he said, do you know that you are now six foot six? You weigh 185 pounds and your BMI is 21.4? I'm like, yes! All right. By the way, those of you that are watching online, cameras do weird things to, 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 to the way a person looks online as opposed to the way it is here. Yeah, okay. Another thing I, I wanted to share with you is I got an email recently from a lawyer whose client named me as a beneficiary on his account, and I am entitled to $16.4 million. Isn't that great? Yeah, I thought so. Another thing that you might not know, but the earth is flat. Some of you might think it's round, but it is flat, okay? Uh, this next one kind of surprised me because my brother used to live in a town called Cheyenne, Wyoming. I just found out Wyoming doesn't exist. Who, who knew, okay? And the last thing I wanted to share with you that Brazil's Sun Valley religion does exist as opposed to Wyoming. Let's pray. Father in heaven, once again, we come before you, your children, wanting to know a little bit more about your heart, about the love that you have for each and every one of us. I ask you to just please let me get out of the way and, and you tell us. Speak to our hearts. This morning we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, you're probably thinking, Gordy, I don't think any of those things you just said are true. <laughs> okay? Well... You might be right. However, there are some people that think some of that stuff is true. As a matter of fact, there is an organization called the Flat Earth Society. It is founded in 1956 by Samuel Shenton. As of 2013, the Flat Earth Society had a reported 3,500 members. They all believe the Earth is flat. Not only do they believe the Earth is flat, they have a map of flat earth, it's a disk. North Pole is in the center, and around the edge is a 150-foot-high wall of ice, which is Antarctica, of course. If that's not enough, we have to understand that they believe that the sun and moon are only 32 miles in diameter each, the same di diameter. They are only 3,000 miles above the Earth, and then the cosmos is 3,100 miles above the Earth. True or not? Um, as far as Wyoming not existing, there is an online community, I didn't know this, of greater than 24,000 people. Uh, the AP News article of November of 2020 last year said that. 
And it says in this article about the whole idea that Wyoming doesn't exist, one definition of Wyoming in the online Urban Dictionary says the cowboy state is a fictional place and that people trying, who try to drive north over the border will find themselves mysteriously transported to Canada. If that's not enough, then they would be confused in sans clothing. The glory of this theory is that it can't be disproved. <laughs> okay. Maybe the people that live there might have an opinion of that. Um, the Brazil's Sun Valley religion. I'd never heard of this religion before, but all the members of this religion believe that they are aliens in human form. Okay. The question then becomes, is there an absolute truth or is it just relative? This ends up being a very touchy subject at times because people don't want to believe in the absolute truth. When Pilate was questioning Jesus, he says in John chapter 18, verses 37 and 38, Pilate said to him, so you are a king. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, what is truth? We've been asking ourselves that question since that time. What is truth? A lot of people have had ideas on what truth was. So we're going to talk about truth. Oh, I know. Good place to go. Let's go to the dictionary and see what truth says in there, or it says about truth. Two different definitions. First one says, a judgment proposition or idea that is true or accepted as true. The second one says fidelity to an original or to a standard. I want to address this whole idea of relative truth first. Now, if we take a look at that, there's a word that describes that it. it's called sophistry. And sophistry refers to reasoning or arguments that sound correct, but which are actually false. If you look up relative truth, you're going to find out it, it comes up with something called alethic relativism or factual relativism. That's the doctrine that there are no absolute truths. That truth is always relative to some particular frame of reference, such as a language or a culture. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm going to use language as a reference, as a something that's going to tell me what's true or not, I might not think language itself is that stable thing that we can count on. When I was younger, we used words that were a whole lot different than they are now. As a matter of fact, if, if I said cool, if I said groovy, some people would go, I don't even know what you're talking about. But words change. Let's just take Latin, for example. Do you know that they used to speak Latin? <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> it's a dead language. So how can you refer to that as a standard that we can go as far as real? Culture. We've gone from agriculture 
to a industrial culture, to, indu to the uh, information age, and I don't know what we're in now, but culture changes. It's not really a standard that we can go by. Booker T. Washington said this, a lie doesn't become truth. Wrong doesn't become right. And evil doesn't become good just because it's accepted by a majority. You'd think, hey, he's talking about our culture right now. However, Booker T. Washington lived from 1856 to 1915. Apparently, this problem of if everybody believes it, it must be true has been around for a while, not just now. Our culture, however, does not want to believe in absolutes. Um, I've heard it said there's not really a right or a wrong. Sometimes we look at the news and we go, can't they understand that that's wrong? And you know what? They really don't know that it's wrong. Because right and wrong depends on who's talking about it. As long as it doesn't affect others, I can do as I please. Have you heard that one before? Uh, as long as nobody else gets affected, it's okay. However, we don't know it really does affect other people. And then this last one says, what's true for you isn't necessarily true for me. That's relative truth. What's true for me should be true for you and you and you. The problem with relative truth is this. It's constantly changing. It's not the same as it was five years ago. Heck, it's not the same as it was at the beginning of this year. There's no basis that's a constant standard when we're talking about relative truth. That might just be true today, but tomorrow it won't be. It depends on who's talking about it. Proverbs 18 says that somebody come comes to court with their testimony is true, found to be true until somebody else comes and is cross-examined. Everyone... However, in relative truth, gets to create their own truth. That's what relative truth is all about. We get to create our own. Since our emotions and feelings often change, our truth would perpetually change along with it. That's the problem with relative truth. I'll have to admit, there are some things that I used to believe, and I knew that they were true. And you know what? I found out they're not. I used to uh, believe before, before Jen and I got into the unconditional ministry that we're doing, I used to believe that gay individuals chose to be attracted to the same sex. And you know what? I found out that's not true. They don't choose it. It's just there. Anyway, um, so is there a definitive answer to this whole idea behind relative truth and absolute truth? Well, when Jesus was talking to the disciples, Thomas, you know, he said, I'm going to go to a place and you'll come later. Thomas was kind of questioning him and saying, hey, we don't even know the way. In John chapter 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That verse is very hard for some people to accept. Very hard. Because Jesus claims to be the way, the truth, and the life. I looked through every revision, every uh, Bible translation. Every single one of them says the way and the truth and the life. 
Not one of them says a way, a truth, and a life. So Jesus is claiming to be the one and only way. And once again, sometimes that's hard for people to accept. The truth definition that uh, the second one said fidelity to an original or to a standard. Well, if we look at John chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, we'll see it says this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. So we have to then ask, Jesus is making quite a claim there. Is his claim valid? Well, first off, we have to say, is God's word true? And if we believe that, and I do believe that God's word is true from beginning to end, then it says that Jesus was in the beginning. He says he is the truth. He is the original and a standard that we can count on. So if all that is true, then truth is absolute. There is something such as an absolute truth. Hebrews 13.8 says this, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. I'll tell you what, I don't know if we can find anything more consistent than that. And before we continue and talk about absolute truth, I just want to bring something up that says, hey, relative truth is not something that's just new that we've just started hearing about. In Genesis chapter 2, verses 16 and 17, it says this, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Okay? That's pretty much straightforward. That's what's going on. But in the next chapter, when the devil is talking to, to Eve, we, we read this. Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? Guess what? Right there, the devil just twisted it just enough. That is not the truth, but it's got a little bit in there. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that's in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So this whole idea of relative truth, which is nothing more than a lie, has been around for a long time. When I start taking a look at truth itself, the Greek word for truth is aletheia, which literally means to unhide or hide nothing. It gives the idea that truth is always there, open and evident for all to see. The Hebrew word for truth is a meth, which means firmness, consistency, and lasting. From that came the English word truth, believed to be a derivative of the word tree, something we consider to be solid, firm-rooted, and alive. Truths are based on standards for comparison. It matters in house building and recipes. 
if a general contractor wants to build a house and he's got the plans all made up and he talks to his carpentry subcontractor and his drywall contractor and he says, well, we're going to use two-by-four studs to build this place. By the way, how many of you know a two-by-four is not a two-by-four? It's not. It used to be two inches by four inches, but it's not anymore. And if the contractor and the drywall person go to pick out two, two by four studs, they need to know that which standard are you talking about because two by four studs, just the wording two by four stud, there are three different sizes as far as length goes. Who knew? I didn't. How about recipes? Do any of you bake and follow recipes? Yes. We had uh, we used to make up jars of pickled eggs at the club. Oh, that was great. We had we had two recipes, a sweet and a sour. So whenever the jar got emptied, somebody would take it home and boil up some eggs and make pickled eggs, bring them back to the club. And somebody brought took it home one time, brought them back. We're like, yay, the pickled eggs are back. Pulled one out, took a bite, and went, whoa, what in the world? Which recipe did you use? He says, I didn't use any re Was I supposed to use a recipe? I just boiled the eggs and put them in vinegar. Oh, let me tell you what. Those eggs didn't go as fast as the other ones. Not quite. Truth matters, especially in life. If we don't have truth in our life, uh, trust issues become a problem. We need a basis for belief or we will believe anything. We need a basis for our beliefs in the truths, or we will believe anything. From her book, It's Not Supposed to Be This Way, Lisa Turker says this, we must not forget that our soul hunger can only be satisfied by daily doses of truth. Otherwise, we will be prone to snack on deception. Oh, yeah. If there isn't a standard, our beliefs change to match the culture. If there's not a standard, our beliefs will change to match the culture. Uh, this verse isn't up there, but I wanted to bring it up. It's called Coloss It's in Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. It says this, See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. There's a warning that the world will try to influence us in the wrong direction. But we need to know that that's not the truth. There must be a greater standard than some of these things that relative truth talks about. The standard has to be one that is correct and certain for us to live by. Without that standard, we're left to our own opinions. That's where we get relative truth. Lisa says this, we can't look to our feelings to determine truth. We must look to truth to rein in our feelings. Our choices don't need to be compared to others. When we start comparing ourselves and our truths to other people, we're going to find out that those truths will change. Others aren't our measure of what truth is. Because truth does not change. It is an absolute and remains true, <laughs> even if not everyone agrees. Rick Warren says this, the truth is God said it, that settles it. 
whether I believe it or not. God's truth isn't based on whether you believe it or not. It's still true even if you don't believe it <laughs> because God can't lie. Sometimes we just don't want to believe the truth and say, well, that's not it. That doesn't mean that the truth's not true. So how do we know what is true? Gee, I'm glad you asked that question. We have to have some basis to know what's true. First off, relative truths sound good. Relative truths sound good. If they didn't sound, sound good, people wouldn't believe them. For you see, Satan always had a bit of truth in his lies. Every single one's got some truth. It's, it's mostly true and just a little bit of a lie. So that's why it sounds good. Just because we want something to be true doesn't mean that it's true. I know an individual who wanted the Bible to say what he wanted to do was okay. All right? So he knew really from his upbringing that what he wanted to do was not okay with God. But he went through the Bible looking for an out. He was looking and searching to try and find something in there that would support what he wanted to do. And he did. He found, you know, you can look through there and find things that, well, I'll just take this little bit, and that'll be my truth. But you got to take the whole thing. The Bible, then, we need to understand is the basis for truth, the measure for all truth. And once again, I said it's the measure for all truth because we talked about before, Jesus said he is the truth. So the Bible is the measure of that truth, and that's where we need to go to find out what's going on with regarding the truth. It's solid like a tree. The Bible's been tested and teaches us to have objective thoughts. The Bible's been around a long time. And in case you don't know this, it has been tested over and over and over again and found to be true every single time. Its words are true. It provides a standard by which to measure all our thoughts and actions. Os Guinness said it this way, the Christian faith is not true because it works. It works because it is true. We need to choose the Bible as our standard of belief. If not, you will choose whatever you desire in the moment. And that's where we get that whole idea of relative truth. Jesus said it best in John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Lisa in her book also says this, While God converts with truth. The enemy perverts the truth. For you see, when we have the truth, Jesus, that truth will set us free. God's the author of the truth that empowers us. When we, when we grab a hold of that truth, that frees us to live the life that God wants us to live. And Satan when he uses his truth, it's very restrictive. 
Satan's the author of the deception then that imprisons us. It doesn't empower us. And then we end up in that spiral of wanting to tell this lie or wanting to believe this or wanting to believe that. The absolute truth from God doesn't change. That's the part that's hard for people to understand. The absolute just does not change. There are three, th three, huh? three takeaways I'd like us to actually get from this this morning. First one is that we need to know the truth. We, get to, we have to know Jesus. He said he is the truth. So to be able to know the truth, we have to get to know Jesus. Not just know about him. We actually have to get to know him and his heart. Lisa says this, news comes at us to tell us what we are dealing with. Truth comes from God and then helps us process all we are dealing with. News and truth aren't always one and the same. So we need to know what the truth is before we can apply it in our life. We need to know it to be able to change or to be able to differentiate the real absolute truth from the relative truths that society and culture has. Second thing we need to take away this morning is test truths against that standard, the standard of God's word. Test a truth. If you think it might be true, test it against what God's word says. And we don't test it against God's word so that we can tell those people that are telling us that relative truth or lie that they're wrong. Sometimes that's what we do. We're like, okay, I know the truth, and you're not telling me the truth. So now I think I've I'm been told I'm supposed to be the one to tell you the truth. But that's not what we need to know when we uh, test the truth. Lisa says it this way. Using God's truth as your fighting words will not change what you see but it absolutely will change how you see. We need to know those truths so we can apply them to our own life. You see, there was a time when I was working for someone, and shall we say that person wasn't the nicest person to work for? He kept a little notebook of every time he had made something wrong, did something wrong, and he would bring it up every now and then. I decided I'd better start praying for that individual. And sometime later, I had was talking to somebody, and I said, you know what? He's really changed. And they looked at me like I was speaking Swahili or something strange because they said, he hasn't changed a bit. He's still the same guy that he's always been. But you see, my idea or my take on him had changed because God had changed my heart. And last, when we're talking about truths, when we, when we know the truth and we have tested it according to the standard, we need, then need to live according to that truth that we know. Knowledge of Jesus will bring consistency to your life and it will set you free. When we live according to the truths that are in God's word, we know that he has our best in mind always. So we need to do that. I want to close by telling you some words from a song I heard just the other day. It's by Tasha Layton, and it's called Look What You've Done. It was one of those songs that I'm driving along, and I'm listening to it, and I'm like, wow, 
That kind of fits. And it says this. The lies I believed, they got some roots that run deep. I let them take hold of my life. I let them take control of my life. Look what you've done. Look what you've done. You spoke your truth into the lies I let my heart believe. Look at me now. Look how you've made me new. The enemy did everything that he could do. Oh, but look what you've done. Father in heaven, we come before you once again just wanting to know more and more about you. Wanting to know about your truth, that absolute truth that does not change. It hasn't changed since the beginning of time and it will not change in the future. Father, we know that when your son Jesus was here, he said he is the way, the truth, and the life. And we believe that, Father, that he is the only way, the only truth, and the only life that is worth living. Father, help each one of us take this idea that your truth is unchanging and it will not fade. Help us take that into our life this week and into everything that we do, into the people that we meet, into the, to, to our workplace, to wherever we're at. Help us to just apply your truth and live by what you say in your word. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen.